We are back, baby. We are back. That's we right. are back. You are looking live. We get after it. You know, we jabber jaw. We go tit for tat. We have our little differences. Let's get funky like a monkey. And here we go. Hello and welcome to the Moosey Podcast. This is episode two forty five of the Pod, alongside Matt Rooney. I am Joe Musso. Plenty to get to. The madness of March begins today because first four is not a real thing. I'm still not bought in. The tournament beginning here on Thursday with the round of 64. We also have widespread free agency trade and comeback news to cover across the NFL and Major League Baseball. But first and foremost, Matt Rooney, how are you? See, I, I disagree. I think the madness of March began not only with conference tournament week, but the last couple nights, especially last night with that Notre Dame Rutgers, we had some absolute madness. The NCAA tournament for me begins today. If, because you, don't I don't belong, think, if you don't belong in the field of 64, you don't belong in the field of 64. Notre Dame no I'm not saying I did. Good well, for well, the I Irish. Mean, they, I mean, Good did, for the Irish. Well, did Rutgers. Couldn't I'm care saying less did about Irish basketball. I'm just saying that game last night. I'm just saying that game last night was a it was a fantastic basketball game that went to double overtime that was very entertaining to watch. I'm saying the actual NCAA tournament, though, like I'm with you, round of 64 is the NCAA tournament. The last, night, the last two nights are exactly what they are. They're just, they're playing games. It's to get into the NCAA tournament. I don't really qualify that as the NCAA tournament, but today is the official kickoff of the NCAA tournament. That's where I agree with you. Sorry, I'm just excited. There's a lot of basketball. Hey, I'm getting we ready. Could really, we could dig into all the schematics if you'd we like. Could. Uh, the team here's here's the here's the long and short of it. The team that makes its free throws will win the championship. That's usually that is, how it goes. That is a so, very good point. Um, because none of these teams are good enough from the field. The team that makes its free throws will win the championship. That is um, that's the one thing to remember, folks. Before we get to some of the other news, let's let's uh, let's scratch March Madness off of our to do list here, Matt. Um, do you want to get right to Final Four picks? Do you want to talk about some first round matchups that really pique your interest? Teams that you're interested in, teams that you're you know just not buying into. Like how how are you coming into this two and a half three week stretch? I'm I mean it, just looking at like the brackets. I, I shouldn't say brackets. I filled out one bracket and like the picks that I've kind of made. I'm very intrigued to see Tennessee and Iowa this week. I think they okay. both play today and, and through this mm-hmm. this first weekend. Both teams with uh, I, excuse me, Iowa less so. I mean, Rick Barnes with Tennessee and, and Rick Barnes in general has a history of kind of flaming out early in the tournament with teams he should be pretty good with. Um, I think that team has a really good chance to make a run. They have four really good guards, and guard play in the NCAA tournament makes a huge difference um, because at some point you're going to need to break presses, and if, you have, if you're have if you deep at the guard spot and have four guys that can do that, you're going to be in a good spot late in games. They play well defensively. They can score. They're obviously riding high from from a pretty dominant SEC tournament run. Um, and then Iowa is a team that really turned it on in the second half. And right now they're playing as good a basketball as anybody in the country. But again, I believe a guy in Fran McCaffrey who's never made it past the first weekend in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, that, that, that's one for me made. too. I'm, I'm excited to see what they can do because I think this team is really good. I think they have the stars to get them uh, make make a run and get them to the Sweet 16 where it'll probably be a matchup with Kansas where that's a tough you know, tough ask against anybody or for anybody, but uh, I'm interested to see what they can do. So those are, those are two teams that today I, I have my eye on and, and the rest of the weekend going forward. Yeah, that's a, that's a good must monitor there. Um, I'm also very interested to see what it, Michigan does with that 
uh, inflated 11 seed next to their name, mm-hmm. and, uh, like not even on the bubble. Uh, you know, I will, I'll start biting my nails probably pretty early here because I have Tennessee, spoiler alert, in my final four. Longwood Shouldn't be a problem at all, but three seed, got to be on upset alert these days. Um, I think that Tennessee is one of the more complete basketball teams out there. Uh, they have an identity. They play really good defense. A lot of guys on that team can score the ball. Uh, you're also going to get the Zags here on Thursday. 8-9 uh, in a North Carolina Marquette is like a, uh, hey, remember when these teams were good middle-of-the-pack matchup today yeah. that could really catch your eye. Uh, Indiana basketball, you get down to March, anything can happen. It's the beloved 12-5, uh, low-hanging fruit, so that one's probably on a lot of different brackets. You got Arkansas on Thursday as well. Arkansas kind of falls into that Tennessee realm for me. Like, yeah. not as good this year, but a lot of guys can score it, play decent defense. Um, the SEC is just really good. Like, I, I'm, I don't want to have a larger conversation about it right now, but I think the SEC got snubbed and the Big Ten got a little bit of um, – Got a little bit of help from the committee, in ter- at least in terms of uh, Michigan. I thought both conferences should have had probably seven teams in it. I think it ends up with, what, nine in from the Big Ten and six from the SEC. And I think the SEC might have been the best conference this season. Yeah, I'm uh, with again, you there. Painting with a broad brush. But everyone, all the, all the experts, like if you want the best game of the day, apparently, and everybody's telling me this, all of our college basketball guys, Murray State, San Francisco, 9.40 p.m. on CBS is going to be your best um your closest contested game of the day. So I'm sure we'll get some drama leading up to it, but Murray State, San Francisco is supposed to be a really good one. Okay, that's that's a game that probably would have been a throwaway yeah, a one for me, but I have no lead, problem but, tuning into yeah. that one. Didn't realize Murray um, State was 30-2. and two. Good for them this year. Um, another team I'm keeping an eye on this week. We'll get to them when our picks, though, or I should say today, uh, UCLA, because that team made that Cinderella run last year as the was 11 seed. Uh, they, you know, from playing. Uh, yeah, I think it was that, like that's the. I guess that's a Eight, contradictory uh, contradiction to your playing games don't matter because that was a team in a playing game that ended up making a run. Um, but that's also probably the exception to the rule. I don't think we'll see that again for quite some time. But that team has had a really good year this year. They had some weird COVID issues pop up, and then they had the whole you can't have fans at home games for a while. So I think their their season was a little bit wonky. But they returned pretty much everybody from that or the. Most of the players from that yep. run last year, and like the the three really good ones, Tiger uh, was Tiger Campbell, Johnny Juzang, and who's the one? I'm missing one. Whatever, I, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. But the the other third from their big three last year, I'll come back. I, I think that's a team in a region that could could make a run. So I'm keeping an eye on um, them today. They play Akron this afternoon or this evening. Yes, that is a nine fifty tip with Akron. You kind of stirred something up in me there because I don't believe in UCLA at all. I don't believe okay. any of the Pac-12 teams. Um, so with that, I want to ask you the question of like, when you're picking these games, when you're filling out your bracket, like what's top of your list criteria that you're looking at in terms of assessing a team? Because for me, I think it goes number one, who's your top scorer? Like, do you have an NBA type talent on your team? Number two is who have you played all season? Like how, how ready for you, how ready for this moment are you? How ready to win five straight games over are two you? weeks are you? How, six straight, like how ready are you to not slip, to not blink? And I think playing a difficult schedule, experiencing adversity, even when mm-hmm. it comes in the form of losses, is so important this time of year. That's why I have trouble believing in a top-ranked Gonzaga team. That's why I have trouble believing in a UCLA team that pays a, plays a soft uh 
a, a soft, a, a big Pac-12 schedule. Mm-hmm. That's why I think I'm overvaluing the SEC a little bit this year, and that's why you know, Big 12 gives me pause this year as well because the Big 12 wasn't as deep as it was. So I, I don't know. I don't know if the winner is going to come out of one of those um, battle-tested roads, but that is a big thing that I look at is like, who have you played? How did you perform when the chips were down this year? Yeah, college basketball is a lot more. Is is definitely with some with some other sports. You want the team that may be a little bit fresher, might not be as tested because they might have the the fresh legs or whatever. I think college basketball. You're right. You you almost want the team that's gone through the battles because, like you said, even if they've lost a couple of them, um, it means they've you know learned from that adversity or at least had a chance to. One thing with UCLA that I look at, and I, while I don't like the Pac-12 as a conference. I, I like, and maybe it's because I'm more of a casual college basketball fan than, than an in-depth analyst on the sport, but teams that have guys that have been there before that have the experience mm-hmm. of that tournament run, then that is what UCLA has. I mean, they, they had they lost uh, twice to Arizona this year in close-ish games, lost to Gonzaga pretty big early on, beat Villanova by about 10 early on. So I don't know how much weight you carry on those early on games because, you know, teams change over the course of four months. Um, But it's a team that's tournament experience. And I think tournament experience is very, very valuable come this time because like you're talking about earlier, free throws matter. Those guys have experience stepping up to the line in a sweet 16 game or whatever with, you know, with game, with, needing to hit free throws with the game on the line. They have experience breaking the press. They have experience just with the tournament atmosphere. And I think for me, in a region that's a little bit weaker, um, that matters, and I think that carries some weight for me. Yeah, I I hear what you're saying. Um, I like the point. I like the experience, and we got a lot of teams with a lot of it. We do have to take into account that, like, when these guys had actual March Madness experience, a lot of them weren't at these schools. A lot of them were in high school Last year's tournament, mm-hmm. while it occurred, I, I mean, the the Jalen Suggs buzzer beater would have set the world on fire, would have melted that building. Yeah. Like, 100 people were there to see it. The year before, we didn't have a tournament. So we're, like, almost three years removed from the actual, like, madness, the energy in the building of March. And mm-hmm. we're going to get that over these next few weeks here, and we're going to see who can deal with it um, the most effectively without further ado here, Matt, let's get into some final four picks. I know you said you filled out one bracket. I only filled out one as well. So I don't think there's uh, much splitting of hairs to be had. Uh, let us know your, your final four. Uh, I have Kansas coming out of the Midwest. I, I, I like Iowa a lot. And I think whoever, I think that'll be your sweet 16 matchup. And honestly, I think whoever wins that game will vault into the final four. Um, I just, I'm, I'm not going to go against Kansas at the, at, at the time. They have the star who can score, who can play really good defense. And that's another thing that obviously Kansas is deep because they're Kansas and they're a one seed. But mm-hmm. having that star, like you said, the NBA talent and what's Ochai Agbaji, I believe is. Uh, oh my Agbaji. No, I, I, Ochai, Ochai Agbaji. I, I, I honestly, I always, I always, I've been doing this when I've been like writing blogs. I, I always want to say uh, Agbaji. I don't know why I want to say that. No, that's in the still day. wrong. Whatever. I know that's what I'm saying. I say I always want to say it that way, and I know that's wrong, but I keep saying it. Whatever. We're past that. Um, you really want to tail Matt's picks this week, guy. Okay. Hey, you know what? They, they, I've, I've been, I, I, I'm, I, I'm up about six or seven units in Scotland's While I'm giving you a hard time, while I'm giving you a hard time, I agree with that assessment. <laughs> Thank you. I, I, I just, I, I'm not calling the games, Joe. When I'm calling the games, I get the names down perfectly, but I, I don't do enough. that anymore. Uh, Tennessee, I got coming out of the south. Um, Arizona showed some flashes this year, but I, like mm-hmm. you kind of said, they're in a 
not very battle tested conference. And I, it's kind of a believe it when I see it type thing. I like Tennessee. I, I think they're the best team and probably the deepest team. And like you said, play both sides of the ball really well. They can score. They can play defense. And those balanced teams tend to have more success in the tournament. I'm going to take Gonzaga out of the West um, just because I, I know they're not battle tested, but I do think they're really yeah, good. They're, they're, just, they're, they're, they're a team that's really, really good. Yeah, and they, they bring back some people from last year. Obviously, they have Chet Holmgren this year, and they're a team that has shown that despite not having that battle test conference, um, battle tested conference, they can make a run to the Final Four. Can they get over the hump this year? Not really sure, but we'll see. Um, and then in the East, I'm going with Purdue. I, I, that might be a trap, um, but I just – it's a trap. They're either going to lose in the first two rounds or something. Again, or make a really a, good team. Yeah. Um, they're capable – they're as sure. capable of losing to Yale as they are of making a Final Four run. I just yeah. – Kentucky didn't – as good as they looked at points throughout the year, they didn't really impress me in that conference tournament. They struggled with Vanderbilt a little bit. They kind of – Tennessee handled them pretty good. Um, I don't know. I just, I'm going to go with Purdue and I, Purdue has the big man. And I I think that is a important having that fallback in the tournament, the guy that you can feed it down to in the low block that can get hot. I think that's important. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take Purdue, but that's my least confident of all the regions because I think the East is, is so wide open. I think anybody can make a run in that, in that region. I was like picking up everything you were putting down until your final pick there, because I also go uh, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Kansas, a lot of the same reasons here. Gonzaga, while not battle tested to the season, has that chip on their shoulder. You got guys Mm -hmm. like Drew Drew Timmy, Andrew Nemhard, who felt that burn last year and want to get yeah. back there. I don't think anyone's taken that into account. They're just like, oh, this is a good basketball team with a lot of talent. It's like, no, like, they are scorned. They want they want what they felt was theirs a year year ago. Mm-hmm. And I know perfection isn't out in front of them, but I think I also think that you can have the conversation of that makes things easier this year, that perfection yeah. is not weighing on their it shoulders. Takes a, it takes a whole lot off their shoulders. I Tennessee, complete basketball team. Like I said, defensively to lock you up, the – They've gone through that gauntlet of the SEC this year and come out better from it. I really like their scoring as well. Kansas, I, like, how do you, how do you, again, best player maybe in college basketball? Yeah, in uh, in Ojai like, yes, he he might have an off game, but then you got guys like David McCormack who can fill it. Like, there's depth there, but I just think that. I think that that is the easiest. If you're asking me who has the easiest route to a Final Four, it's Kansas. I think that they they got the best draw region-wise in terms of what they have to potentially go through. So I like Kansas to get there, and I like them to get there pretty unscathed. Like, everybody who gets to the Final Four usually has a scare. I don't know that Kansas can even have a scare getting to the Final Four. Then uh, coming out of – I don't have the bracket in front of me. What, what would it be? The East? East, yeah. That Purdue, you took Purdue coming out of yeah, the East. Yeah, Baylor's the one, Purdue two, Purdue three, Kentucky two, UCLA four. And again, it comes down to players. Baylor is down their big player. I don't know if they're getting Jonathan uh, Chama Chachua back. Drop that one on you. What a name. Um, but the most dominant force, I just told you Ochai Baji might be the best player in college mm-hmm. basketball. The most dominant force in college basketball belongs to Kentucky in Oscar Shibwe. He's gone for like, I don't have the numbers in front of me. I could pull him up. I got like 14. He's 15 rebounds a night, 17 uh, points a game. He is the interior force. He's at six foot nine and plays even bigger than that. He's physical on the blocks. And that's why I think he's going to put a shoulder in Zach Eady's chest. He's going to dominate what 
at times can be a lazy Purdue team inside. Yeah. And I've said it here on the pod before, massive, massive roster, huge dudes, but they play smaller than the red they roster. They reads. play a little soft. And Oscar Shibwe is a guy who will exploit them. That's why, you know, Razor's Edge, I was between taking the Purdue's bait as well. Yeah. I just think that Oscar Shibwe can be the difference in every matchup from now until cutting down nets for Kentucky. I don't I, think they cut down the nets, but I think that he can be a big a big part in getting them to the Final Four. I really hope we see that Purdue-Kentucky matchup because be awesome. we, we, we talked about how the SEC and the SEC is battle-tested. The Big Ten, while they probably got too many teams in, likely on reputation, that's a pretty deep conference this year, and they are pretty battle-tested. Mm-hmm. Like those, those types of matchups from the, the top two conferences, I, I know the ACC is usually one of them. They were down this year. Having a, a two teams, two legitimate top teams from the top two conferences in college basketball go out into Sweet 16. Like This ter- this weekend's awesome, and I'm going to have mm-hmm. so much fun watching wall-to-wall basketball from 11 o'clock to 10 o'clock. But once we get to next weekend, that Sweet 16, where you start to see those you know, blue, not that Kentucky, not that Purdue's a blue blood, but you know what I mean, like top team kind of matchups, yep. and you still have a ton of basketball going on, that becomes like the best weekend in sports because you have – the elite basketball and you get to finally see those matchups that you've been thinking about possibly all year. Um, so that, that's one for me that I'm really looking forward to. And I, I, like you said, with you on Kansas, I do think Keegan Murray and Iowa with how they're playing, have a chance to give Kansas a run. I still think Kansas wins that game, but like that region Auburn was really good early on and doesn't really do it much for me late. late. Wisconsin is the three seed, like nice story for them this year, not really supposed to do much. And then they go out and get a share of the big 10 title, but they're a one-player team. I just I don't see them doing much. There being much of a threat to Kansas. It's Kansas or anybody else, or first everybody else in that region. I think. Um, I, I really am looking forward to some of these matchups. Kansas uh, is going to you know have something to say for themselves. But Matt, let's let's set it. So you went you went Kansas, Purdue, Gonzaga, uh, Tennessee. I went everybody the same, swap out Purdue for Kentucky. Kentucky. Let's let's give our championship matchups and our winner, without further ado, you're, you're up. I have uh, Tennessee over Gonzaga in the national championship. Wow. I, I just I figured if I'm going to go in on the Vols, I might as well go all in on the Vols. Going all in on the Vols. Uh, okay. more, more heartbreak for Gonzaga. That would be their third what, finals loss in the last yep. six tournaments. That would be a <laughs> tough one to swallow, but... Uh, I, just, I there's just something about this Tennessee team that I really like. I think they flew under the radar for a lot of the year, and I think they're going to um, – I don't think they're much of a surprise anymore, but I think they're going to surprise some people. I think they're going to make a run, and I don't know. I like them. I have the Tennessee Bucks stopping against Kansas in the uh, round of four, and I have Kansas losing to Gonzaga in the title game. Now, I know I completely contradict everything that I said in terms of battle-tested through the season, but I think that this is a chip on the shoulder, been here before, knows what it takes. Also, Mark Few called me a handsome devil before the season. I I know you remember that. I do. He gets... He gets my uh, he gets my benefit of the doubt. I think that that's why now a, we know why. I think that this has been an entertaining year of college basketball, but it's very much at times. You know, we tend to get too close to it this time of the year, mm-hmm. and all season long, it's looked like 
it really emerged as Gonzaga, even through their missteps and even through them losing um, to Duke, uh, losing yeah, even through them losing their um, their focus at times. Like, yeah. They just look like the most talented basketball team in the country to me. The way they shoot yeah. it, the way they can go inside when they want, the way they play basketball in transition, the way they defend. I think they have all the pieces of a championship team, and they have a head coach that likes my my uh, my, my bone structure. So that is that's that's, that's all people, you can people that is that is by far the most important factor here is that Joe is complimented by no the it, no no it's not it is a factor. Maybe not it's, the most important. It's right up I there. gave you my list. I gave you my list. It was uh, top-tier players, a tough schedule in the season. They don't check that mm-hmm. box, but I didn't give you my third one. It's like coach has ever commented on my hair. Yeah. Like that's the that's that's number three, a close third on that list of importance. I know you have Kansas going over Tennessee. I did I, I took some futures um, bets, you know, earlier this week mm-hmm. before things started, and I did because I, while, while I like Tennessee. I like Kansas a lot too, and I like their their draw, and I think they're getting to the Final Four. I do have a little bit of a future on them to to win it all, and if they do get to I the like Final that Four, ticket. that's probably yeah. where you look to maybe try and hedge it cash a out or hedge or yeah. whatever. But that's that's where I'm at too. So I, while you have Kansas over Tennessee, and I have Tennessee over Kansas, I would not be surprised at all if if that result flipped and Kansas went out of the final. Who's the before we move on here, Matt? Because we're going to talk free agency across uh, NFL and Major League Baseball. Play a little mm-hmm. game of like it, hate or love it, hate it, couldn't care less. Uh, mm-hmm. We're just going to kind of assign our feelings to each one of these deals. But before we get there, I, I know it's hard. But when you peruse the bracket, is there a is there a Loyola? Is there a George Mason? Is there a Florida Gulf Coast? Who plays the who plays the role of wow? How's this team in the in the Elite Eight? How's this team? playing in the first round of the final like I don't want to say final four but like who's Cinderella this season when you look at that bracket you know I this is a tougher one to for me to answer because those teams I've just kind of started watching yeah. the last couple weeks um I, I Indiana's the easy answer but like I just I wasn't it's very I wasn't very impressed answer. I wasn't too impressed with them against Wyoming but they like they just found a way to win and they've been just finding ways to win against teams that are better than them. And that mm-hmm. while sometimes those teams do tend to crash and burn early in the tournament after kind of having the emotional highs of winning all those close games, winning, uh, you know, getting to the conference final, all that. Um, I, that's one for me that, you know, they could lose in the first round and they also could go to the elite eight. I don't think anything would surprise me. And then um, UAB, I think has, they have a good draw. They have a really good player in, in Jelly Walker. Um, I, I think that's a team in a region where there's, the, the top half of that region, excuse me, because Tennessee's in the bottom half. I think they're going to the final four, but Houston doesn't do a ton for me this year. Arizona, like you've said, kind of battle tested. I think UAB could be uh, one of those classic 12 fives that we see like, oh, they're in the sweet 16, huh? Yeah, I, I know we're not necessarily throwing out the deepest names here. UAB is a good one. Indiana is obviously a name brand, but every mm-hmm. time they you know, have expectation around them, they don't deliver come tournament time so maybe with no expectation around them they can that's when they do run. it i do like that pick um i i like a i like an 11 seed virginia tech i know another big name program not necessarily yeah. like a sleeper but an 11 seeds an 11 seed i mean an 11 seed coming off a you know a, a emotional conference tourney title against uh taking down duke, duke in the tournament like 
I think that that's a that's a pretty dangerous team that some good sides are going to have to look at early. Like you have them, what we have them against Tech. I have them getting by Texas, and then it's a matchup with Purdue. If Purdue mm-hmm. gets by Yale, like right off the bat, it's Purdue, and I, I don't think that's a pun intended a layup there for the Boilermakers. No, it's definitely there. That's the nice part about this tournament is after probably Gonzaga and Kansas, like there isn't there aren't those elite. The, like the one seeds aren't that elite. You, w- you wouldn't say a eight knocking off Baylor in, in the, the second round or eight knocking off Arizona in the second round mm-hmm. would be this huge, shocking upset. Now, if Kansas or Gonzaga lost, yeah, we'd be pretty surprised. But the rest of the teams after those two, like just about anything can happen, and I wouldn't be terribly shocked. Um, it's, it's a wide-open field. Madness, I race the madness. While, while I do not have Kentucky making it to the Final Four because I took Purdue there, I would be – Kentucky is a – home of a Fenwick Friar right now, Bryce Hopkins, who is an absolute okay. star at Fenwick. He's a bench player for them. He plays about it's like 11, 12 minutes a game. He gets decent time off the bench. Uh, that, that's a team to root for if you're looking for one. If you don't have a team that you're Love fully that. behind, let's root for the Friars. Let's root for, for Kentucky. That's it. There's always enough reason to get on board. Uh, Matt, we got we to gotta get into some of these, these headlines here because it's been fast and furious uh, since the Major League Baseball window opened. They trickled in, and then, you know, it's been a little bit more of a steady flow of deals. The NFL free agency tampering window, I mean, so much activity, guys being traded, guys leaving, guys coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's play a little game here of love it, hate it, couldn't care less. And I think the only place to start is not with a trade, it's not with a free agent, but with the unretirement or the re I don't know what it would be. Unretirement of, of the return. Thomas Ed- the return of Thomas Edward, uh, Tom Brady coming back for season twenty-three. I say with a question mark next to it. So. Uh, Going to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You've already seen them sure up what's in front of them in terms of Ryan Jensen. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Ali Marpet unretire soon. It sounds like Gronk's going to be back. Yeah. It becomes it becomes the free agent destination, and Tom knew he had to make this decision before the free agency window opened so they could be the players that they are. In they traded for Shaq Mason, too. Didn't run um, Shaq Mason's there, and they uh, – who they get? They broke someone off in their secondary, gave someone some money. I forget which one I, I saw was. Godwin. I, got, I saw Godwin sign today, too. Godwin got his money, hoping he's going to be healthy. Uh, they signed a receiver, um, blanking on his name. But we're reacting to the Tom news here. Like it – excuse me, love it, hate it, couldn't care less. I, I love mean, it. I love it. It's a, you know yeah, my answer. I do, too. I'm a it's, it's hard I, not to. I just, well, there, there are people like, and people are giving him shit for retiring two months ago, and then be like, actually, I want to or a month and a half ago, and say, actually, I want to come back. All right, I get that because that was one of the that was quicker than a Brett Favre flip. But people saying they wanted Tom to stay retired or hate Tom Brady and the league's better without him, all like, you're just a hater or you're like you're willingly wrong because the league is better you can, yeah. you're allowed to be sick it's okay of them, to be but, sick of them but you have to admit that the league is better when tom 100%. brady is in it um i also like yeah he's, he's the greatest quarterback of all time he's the greatest probably greatest football player of all time i'm excited that he's back for another year i mean it's not like he was peyton manning at the end of his career last year he was what top three top two in the mvp voting like he had no, a, himself an awesome year they're going to reload a little bit they already have kind of started that with the offensive line. And if they get 
uh, Ali Marpet to come back out of retirement with Jensen, Mason, Marpet, and uh, Tristan Wirfs. I, I don't know who their left tackle is right now off the top of my head. That's a really good offensive line that's going to keep Tom Brady pretty upright. I, I'm really excited to watch that team this year. Me too. And it, it comes down to the simple fact of I think it's become abundantly clear over the last two decades that Tom Brady's driven by one thing. His love for his family, you can't speak to that. Obviously, he loves his family, and that's why he was walking away from the game while he was still mm-hmm. at the top of the game. Tom Brady is driven by championships. Tom Brady also knows he's fully capable of going on a championship run physically, mentally, everything it takes to be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady also was sitting at home trying to come to peace with the fact that he didn't have that outlet anymore. He didn't have a... He needs to find where he can win his championship, whether it be in the business arena. Where it be. He's a hyper-competitive individual. And you're telling me my route to a ninth championship or a eighth cha- excuse me, an eighth championship is perhaps the easiest that it's ever yeah. been in my 20-plus years of playing this game? Like I'm looking at an NFC right now that consists of Aaron Rodgers, Matt Stafford, and who else am I supposed to be afraid of? Dak Prescott and the Cowboys? Yeah. Like you're telling me, I got to go through two, maybe three. Aaron, excuse me, uh, uh, Kyler Murray and 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 the Cardinals who go away every like after October, like every November they disappear. So like you're telling me, I got to go through two guys, maybe three guys to have another shot at another title. The thing, like my lifeblood, the thing that I put into my chest, like Iron Man, to keep going. Mm-hmm. You're telling me I can have another one of those, and it's going to be easier than it's ever been. I'm coming back. Yeah, the, I think it was as simple as that. I, I do too, and it's. I mean, he wouldn't. Have, seems like he had the support of his his family as well, and like, yeah, go for it. Like, it, that's the same reason Aaron Rodgers came back to, to Green Bay. I, I truly think. Also, I think like, he kind of had a foot out of the door and saw that the NFC was incredibly there for the taking, and that's what Tom did too. And um, he did it at the right time because. He knew, you know, the tampering window was about to open, and if he didn't do it, they were probably going to lose some guys. They already had started with Ali Marpet retiring. Like, need to do it now. We he probably gave some guys some prior head notice, or some prior notice, and was like, all right, let's go, let's go back, let's run this thing back one more time, maybe one more time, maybe more than that. Um, it's it was the right decision, I think. He he left a whole lot to be desired after uh, after that loss to the Rams because you could tell he still had it. Let's uh, let's save ourselves the whole family thing too. Like I'm not marginalizing the the struggles of the Brady family, but like if you want, like you can be the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and do what you have to do, and still be dad. And like, yeah. I think he's been effectively doing that. We don't we don't see his family life, but like. I think that it seems like he is the logistical stresses of being Tom Brady and Giselle Bundchen. I, I, I'm sorry, they don't impress me because you have every faculty at your fingertips in terms of jets and flights, and every moment that you can share with each other is going to be shared with each other. I understand he's working all morning to get ready for practice, doing his soft tissue says goodbye to the kids, they go to school, he goes to practice, he's at the facility until 8 o'clock at night, comes home for dinner, you see your kids, then he watches four hours of film before he goes and does it again. Well, guess what? Our parents did the same thing, they just weren't going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers mm-hmm. facility, you know? So, so like, save me that he got to be with his family BS, because 
Uh, there's a lot of people who have much harder time and much more demanding jobs time-wise, multiple jobs that it takes to be the parent that they have to be. So I, I'm done with that storyline. Like, yeah, maybe Giselle wants to take more vacations. Maybe the family wants to have him 100% of the time, but it's just not that time. There's yet. a lot of so time I, for that. I, I don't think that that, yeah, like I think that the, in weighing the cost benefit of maybe I could win another one or God, we should be in Mallorca this October. Like maybe I can win another one. We could be in Mallorca next October. Like, yeah. That's, isn't it Mallorca? I, I, Mallorca. But thank yeah, you. Come on. <laughs> isn't, isn't it Mallorca? You know, if, you know, if you were going to get, I wasn't going to say anything, but you got on me no, earlier for, for Abaji. <laughs> so I had to get on you here. Ibiza. Ibiza. Maybe it's Ibiza. Ibiza. It's Ibiza. Um, yeah, vacation can wait. It's time to win a championship. Let's keep spinning these, uh, Matt. I, I want to go to maybe the most, uh, maybe the most recent. I'm not sure. The biggest name, most recent, Von Miller, six by one twenty in Buffalo. Oh. Now, a lot of funny money in that deal. Fifty one of that comes guaranteed. So it, those are just those are just placeholders. Those last yes. few years, uh, love it, hate it, couldn't care less. That's so. That's a so. If it's fifty one, that pretty much means it's a three year deal, right? Yes. I, I like it for three. Um, I did not see the guaranteed money. I assumed when I saw six for 120 that there was a 0% chance that that was longer than four yeah. at the most. Uh, I, I really like it for Buffalo. Um, I, I do think he's a little bit overpaid because I think that production, he's not the Von Miller he was when Denver won the Super Bowl. Uh, not that he's not an effective player. He still very much is, and he's going to fit well on that defense. Overpaid for him a little bit, but you have to do that to get your free agents. And I'm all for teams like Buffalo who are that close overspending to get themselves over the hump. And this is a move that helps them do that. I, they, they need to keep up in that AFC arms race. And I think this gives them a chance to do it. Uh, this helps them get to Patrick Mahomes next year in the AFC playoffs. When they play. And that's, I think you hit the nail on the head there, Matt, because um, he's not a quarterback. He's not an offense player, but he is a game changer. Yeah. He is worth, he is worth points to the line. He is worth points to the betting odds because yep. on the tail end of this contract agreement, the Buffalo bills immediately became the odds on favorite to win the Super Bowl. Yeah. Is that reactionary? I don't know. The people in Vegas weigh it all. So if, if Vegas is telling me that this makes that sort of difference, I agree with Vegas. I like it. I think he reinvigorated his career last year. And I think being on a bona fide contender is what made the biggest difference in reuniting sure. him with LA. Yeah. He's on a bona fide contender in Buffalo. I think he's going to be a lot of fun coming off the edge. I love that move. I agree. I think they're. I agree with also them now being the team to beat in Vegas. You say we talk about it all the time. The three most important things towards winning a championship: first, having a quarterback, quarterback play, but then keeping your quarterback upright and making their getting their quarterback to the ground. And this absolutely helps them do we, that. Makes them a lot better we're, at that, uh, that third facet. We were having that conversation on air at the combine. And um, if I may quote myself, uh, me and Brady Quinn were breaking it down and uh, we had Pete Prisco on set too. And we're talking about all these different positions. And I go, at the end of the day, it comes down to three things. Protecting the guy or rushing the guy, protecting the guy, and having the guy. That's all That's all the game is. Rush the guy, protect the guy, have the guy. All the other pieces don't matter. Like, all the other pieces can be filled in. There's talent at the wide receiver position. There's talent at the running back position. There's talent at the tight end position. There's talent at the linebacker position. Can you rush the guy? Are your edge rushers the best? Are your tackles the best? Is your quarterback the best? That's what's going to determine whether or not you're a championship club. Joe saying, to quote myself, 
is, you know, I think that's like, an, that's like an all-time line from this podcast. And you said it like knowingly, you said knowingly that it sounded a little bit, eh, but you're like, uh-huh. quote my, that's uh-huh. an all-time line from this podcast. Quote also, I'm very mad that you get to hang out with Brady Quinn. I love Brady Quinn. I know. it's it's uh, my- So it, it got out. A uh, quick little aside here. Um, we were just BSing one night having drinks after dinner. and they were what, like, what does Brady you- Quinn drink? Um, Brady Quinn was drinking wine. I was going to guess he seems like a red wine guy. Yeah, good red wine. Um, After dinner, we're BSing, and Brady had left. He had gone back. He had like a 4 a.m. workout or something, Um, and we were still out. (laughs) Yeah, we were still out um, throwing a couple back, and we're saying one of our our fantasy guys, Jamie Eisenberg, um, he said, you know, Joe, if you could put together like your – your A team, breaking news comes down, Brady retires, whatever. Like, who's your A team to do the show with football wise? And I was breaking it down. And when I said Brady, <laughs> Jamie goes, Brady? Because they always give him a hard time. And yeah. I go, I go, yeah, like that's for me, like I noted, growing up, Notre Dame football fan, that was like who, that was it. That was the quarterback of the Irish when I was craziest about the team. It was Brady. And that team was, was really Samar- good. I go, Brady and Samarja were my background of my MySpace. And that was the worst thing that I could have let come out of my mouth because immediately the next day, Jamie goes to over to Brady. He goes, Brady, you know, uh, you were Musso's MySpace background. So, like, that was the <laughs> that was the running joke the rest of the trip. But, um, no, great dude. And uh, he's, um, he's, he's really – he doesn't uh, – he doesn't split hairs. He doesn't um, mix words. He lets you know exactly what he thinks about these players. So love having him on CBS. And, um, yeah, that's that's all I, I guess I have on the, on the Brady so, Quinn side. I'm I, curious because doesn't he do – he's on Big Noon Kickoff for Fox too, Yes, right? so he has a non-exclusive. He okay, a non-exclusive God, that's where I get race. confused because he, he he, I see him on CBS Sports HQ all the time. And then when college Big football season rolls for Fox. Fox. He does weekly stuff for us. Um, and then – you know, he's in, in being at the Combine, you see just how in demand all of these people are. He yeah. can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants. It, like, it's uh, um, Brady, Brady, Quinn's, Brady Quinn's doing just fine. But um, uh, let's keep it rolling here with some, some love it, hate it, uh, like it, it, love it, whatever. We're through whatever one contract. Says. We're through one. Uh, so why don't you toss one up here? Uh, I, Freddie Freeman, on, Dodgers. Man. We're going to go with another big, big, uh, we're going to go back and forth I think, between baseball and football here, but. There's no bigger deal, six I think. By six by one sixty-two. Um, I don't think there's a bigger contract impact player switching teams in football or baseball than, than Freddie Freeman to the Dodgers. I'm going right to give now. this. A, I'm going to give this a couldn't care less because I don't love it and I don't necessarily hate it. I don't think it changes the Dodgers all that much. They're they're a murderer's row already. Like, can you get it done in the biggest moment? It's um. I I, I lean towards hate it because. The guy just busted his back for a decade to bring a championship to a club, and they couldn't come to a deal. And I just kind of hate that about sports. I just kind of hate that about present day. Like, maybe they – I think the thing was, like, they didn't want to give him six years. They wanted to give him four years. Um, That was also – I think their last offer for him was five, by the way. I think I did see that they did did get the five, but he wouldn't. Apparently, he he wanted to go to Anaheim for some reason or another. Well, he's from – He's from from there. He's from California. Anaheim only wanted to give him four years. So – Getting the six years from the best team in baseball or the the best that's roster in baseball, and you get to go home. That's a, that's a, and you get to go home. That's a no brainer for Freeman. But for the game, I kind of hate it. Like Freddie Freeman should be an Atlanta Brave the day that they get the rings on opening day or whenever they're going to mm-hmm. give them the rings. Like it just kind of stinks in that sense to me. It also I don't think makes them any. It doesn't make them any less dangerous. But I don't know how much more dangerous it makes them. It's another bat in the lineup, but. Um, 
Yeah, I just think that if the market didn't want to give them six years, this might come back to bite the Dodgers on the tail end. But they're they have to be in a win now scenario. Yeah. You can't you can't put this type of roster together year after year and fall short. So I, love I think the it's for the Dodgers. I think it's further pressure for the Dodgers as an organization to bring in a guy like Freddie Freeman. But it also does make them better. But I think uh, on the surface, for as a baseball fan, I kind of hate it. As a baseball fan, I don't love it because uh, the, the Dodgers are starting to feel like what the Yankees were for us in the early 2000s, where just they go out and pay every free agent. Um, but like, and, and just taking a step back from a Dodgers perspective, their first base was one of their weaker-ish spots last year, and they went out and got arguably the best one in baseball. And is that contract going to bite you on the back end? Yeah, probably a little bit. But for the next three-ish years, you just added one of the best power left-handed bats to your lineup to go with what was already probably the deepest lineup in baseball. You just added your four-hitter to it. So I think for them, it's a a fantastic move. And quite honestly, as a White Sox fan, it makes me incredibly jealous that they have an owner that just doesn't care. Those are some L.A. teeth. He's got some L.A. teeth, and those teeth are going home. Yeah. That's, I think that's that's really what it came down to. I do feel uh, bad I mean, for Braves fans, though. That that that's a tough one because that yeah, was, like, I was okay, one, of, one of the guys I, I work feel, with is a Braves feel fan. Feel bad for feel bad for Braves fans for all they, the they still got their series. They just oh, yeah. signed Maddles into an True. eight-year deal, I believe. That's a, and it, that is, know, they had to give a, up some prospects for him, but that's a fantastic swap. If you're not going to be, you know what I think they did. You know what I think they just did, and now. I think they just turned back their clock at first they extended their window. three or four years. Yeah. Because you you tell me I can have Matt Olson or Freddie Freeman. I'm standing there and thinking about it for a long time. Matt Olson might not be the power bat. I mean, he hits home runs. I think he had a couple 40 home run seasons in the not-too-distant past. He had 39 past, last year. At 39 last year. I want to say 40-something the year prior. Um, or no, that was shortened. 39. Uh, he had 36 in 2019, 29 in 2018. So okay, he's a, so, he's a so he's 20, living, he's been living in high the 20, low 30 home run guy. Yeah. So you lose a couple of home runs season, Oakland. but there might not be a better first base, like fielding first baseman out. He's great in the field. He's a great guy. Like I think that I think that they're going to be just fine. It's just you lose the face of your franchise, and there's it's, some value. Yeah, lost I, I, there. I do think long term, though, that like you just said, it's a good point. That extends their window at first base. That extends their window. That just yeah. younger their core, made their core five years younger because now they have a 27, 28 year old first baseman instead of a 32, 33 year old. It, 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 I felt bad for him for a minute. It reminded me a little bit of when the Sox won their world series in 05. And then there was the whole, is Canerco going to go to the angels? Cause they're going to pay him. And then the Sox finally did. Mm. It seemed like the Braves were going to do that. Then they just didn't. Um, but I think in the long run, this is actually going to be a better move for them. All right, let's uh, let's let's rapid fire a few of these. Sure. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater, one year, six and a half, fully guaranteed with the Dolphins. Didn't even see that. Uh, good for him. That's he's better than Jacoby Brissett, and I, I think uh, he, that makes but, the okay, move for the Dolphins. Here's why. I, here's why I bring it up. He might be better than Tua. I just, I just he might just be throwing it out there. It is, it is a good presence to have in the room with Tua to push him a little bit, but the job is still yours. He's a, he's a better you, option than Jacoby Brissett, no matter what happens three, to Tua. You lose three straight, and Mike McDaniel might be looking down his depth chart. That's the only reason I bring that's that a, one up. Let's stay in Miami. I'm with you, Chase. Chase Edmonds, uh, two year, twelve point six million dollars, six point one guaranteed. So it's essentially a one year. We'll see how healthy you are after one year. I like it. I think it gives them some depth it. in the in the running back room because Miles Gaskin's good, but you, you should never really be relying they, on just one running back in the NFL. You need those. They options also and, picked up. They also picked up Raheem Mostert yesterday. So now it's Gaskin, Edmonds, and Mostert. And what are we shocker. talking about? 
we're the offensive about the coordinator for the 49ers Francisco, who knows how to use running backs. Who, who loves having yeah. four good running backs. Um, I think that I think that it's plain to see what they're doing, and I think it's it's going to be effective. I think it makes them better. Yeah. Uh, let's keep things rolling down the board here. Uh, shout out to Lake and Tomlinson, Chicago's very own Lane Tech, three year, forty million, uh, but with the Jets. So uh, thoughts good. and prayers. Um, good for him. He got paid. Uh, Alex Kappa guard signs with the Bengals as they try and share things up up front. Four year, thirty five million. You can only love that Pro yeah. Bowl guard in to fix a problem. Amari Cooper. Uh, via trade with the Cowboys for a fifth-round pick and a sixth-round swap. Amari Cooper to the Browns. Love it. Hate it. Couldn't care less. Uh, I think it's a good move for the Browns. I, I think in a pretty winnable division, they needed to go out and make a move. And I, I think he – I like Jarvis Landry, but Jarvis Landry is, is more of a slot-type guy. And I think Amari Cooper gives them that better outside threat that they probably needed a little bit more. Um, but I think it just puts even more pressure on Baker. Uh, good or bad, the, I'm not sure. Love it. It's good. Love it for the Browns. Love it for Baker. Hate it for Amari. I think it kills his career. He's at a crossroads right now. Yeah. He's at a, the exact crossroads. Maybe not the exact crossroads, but a very similar crossroads to where Odell was uh, last year, where it's like, I used to be the dude. Mm-hmm. I went through some injury stuff. I'm back, but am I any good? Well, let's find out because Matt Stafford's your quarterback. Now, yep. Baker Mayfield is, at the recording time, recording time of this podcast, the quarterback in Cleveland. Doesn't sound like that might be the case moving forward. He did like a whole goodbye letter and everything. So if they bring in somebody, Jimmy G, I don't know who else you bring in right now. They, they mm-hmm. were in on the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, but it sounds like Watson is down to Atlanta and New Orleans uh, at latest reporting. So I just think this is – I hate it for Amari personally because I don't know who goes in there and gives him the opportunity to ball out the way that Matt Stafford gave Odell the opportunity to ball out and mm-hmm. reinvent. Yeah, you know? I'm with you. Uh, Money Mitch, two years, $14.25 million and the starting nod in Pittsburgh. Love it. Hate it. Don't care. Love it. I absolutely love it. One, I love I, it for all parties. We're, we're Mitch. We're Mitch guys. We've always been like, yeah. we like Mitch. We have nothing against Mitch. And I, I'm excited to see Mitch Trubisky in a good, like with a good organization, with a good head coach, with decent weapons around him. Like I'm, was he great here? Absolutely not. But like it, the, the narrative always start, started with, well, Matt Nagy's a good coach. He got Mitch Trubisky to the playoffs twice. I think it's flipped now to Mitch Trubisky yeah. managed to make the playoffs twice with a head coach pretty much actively trying to sabotage of, him in spite yeah. of a bad head coach. So I'm excited to see Mitch in a with a good organization, in a winnable division, with talent around him, a, a really, really good head coach, a top three, four head coach in the NFL right now. I'm very excited for Mitch. I'm very excited to see what he can do there. I I'm, I'm, uh, might adopt the Steelers would- as my second team this year. Mike Tomlin scraped together nine wins with a incompetent Ben yeah. Roethlisberger. It's a better quarterback year. than last year. They're going to win nine or ten games. Like yeah. that's like I think that it's going to it's going to reflect very well upon Mitch. I think I'm excited to see him get his second shot. Let's go, Mitch. Um, let's go, Mitch. Let's go to Jacksonville. Is where let's go to. So money talk money about apparently doesn't exist. Or Shad Khan is just getting the how many loans the is Shad Khan taking out. Four years, $72 million to Christian Kirk, who's never had a 1,000-yard season and is a glorified slot receiver. Yeah, that was 37 bad. guaranteed, max value of $84 million. Like it, uh, love it, hate it, couldn't care less. I don't like that one at all. Um, I know the guaranteed money's not a ton, but uh, I, I don't like, – Do they know something about Christian Kirk? He's don't? not – he's a very nice number two wide receiver or slot guy. He's not – 
wide receiver number one. And if I'm wrong, I'll happily admit that on this podcast. I don't think I'm wrong. They already have a guy, and I guess they're trying to trade LaVisca Chenault, but he kind of does the same thing as Christian Kirk. I, I, I would have rather held on to DJ Chark than, for a lot less than Christian Kirk and try and spread that money around elsewhere to positions that you probably need more. I don't like – good for Christian Kirk. He went and got himself hey, paid. He's, yeah. he's making that money. Words of Cat Williams, make your paper boo-boo. He is. <laughs> You don't, you don't have to. You don't have to. You don't have to answer to anybody except the bank teller. Uh, yeah, when good you're for him. Clear in seventy-two over the next four. I hope Trevor Lawrence can use him. I just I don't I don't understand that one all that much from Me the Jets side. Um, there were other wide also, receivers to go out and pay. They also went out and gave three years uh, worth of payment to Zay Jones, uh, Evan Ingram. They bring in a tight end role. Cam Robinson got the franchise tag at tackle. They bring in Brandon Scherf uh, to play guard. Like, why uh, not Tyler go bring Shatton. back Allen Robinson for a much cheaper yeah. price tag than Christian Kirk? I don't know. I don't know. He complements um, what you have so much better. They just, well, let's get some short, fast guys. That's might have buried a big one here. Russell Wilson acquired via trade with the Seattle Seahawks. We talked about that, Fourth round we? pick, two first rounds, two second rounders. I think we did talk about that. We talked about last that week. last week on the pod. I think we hit that last week. Like it. Let's just, let's just assign it. Um, there you go. Love it, hate it, couldn't care less. I like it. The, the Broncos had to – they had to make a move at quarterback. I like, think what we talked about last week, this is mm-hmm. probably the year where we find out whether or not the last two years where Russell was injured, banged up, or Russell's was in a bad spot with a bad you – know, offense that didn't fit him not that much around him this is the year we find out but the broncos had to make that move they had to go out and try and get a quarterback to complement what they have around it if they had everything but the quarterback and a division with the best quarterback play in the nfl they had to go out and try and match it so i like it for him big move on the defensive side of the ball randy gregory five year 70 million just kind of right under the nose of uh, Dallas, who was dancing around on a couple small numbers apparently he's like I'm it was reported here, that so. he signed with dallas like that he yeah. was back <laughs> Yep. Uh, Kansas City, while you were sleeping, Chad Henney, one year, $2 million. That's Love it. about it. No, Love Justin it. Reed's Chad Henney's still in the NHL. Or Justin, NFL. Reed, Justin Reed's their big signing, three years, $31.5 million to play safety, to kind of fill in that role that Honey Badger uh, no longer could. The Las Vegas Raiders, Max Crosby, four-year, $98.98 million. Uh, big shout-out to, to Mad Max, who has overcome a lot to be yeah, in that good. situation. He's an all-time great story. Uh, Chargers, they locked Yo, up hey, the, the Raiders also got went out and got after extending Max Jones, Ball. Chandler Johnson or Ch- Chandler Jones. Uh, Chandler Jones as well. Yeah, yeah. Send another send another person from the Jones family to Vegas and see if it works out. That was my first thought. <laughs> I, I think that uh, I think that spell, uh, takes away the rumor option of somebody trading for Derek Carr if they went out and paid Chandler Jones big money. They're not. Yeah. They're they're planning on getting the quarterback and hoping Derek Carr plays well enough. Yeah. Um, Chargers uh, lock up Mike Williams, J.C. Jackson. They get the biggest name, I think, on the defensive side of the ball. Five-year, eighty-two million dollar deal. They also get Khalil. They really went. They they, they really locked up their receiver and then just focused solely on defense. Um, let, let's let's approach the Chargers from a holistic uh, approach here. Love it, hate it, couldn't care less. I'm sorry. Repeat the repeat the, uh, the the move there. I got a slack message J- as you started talking. J.C. Oh, Jackson. Slack, big slack guy. J.C. Jackson in the corner. Yeah. That was on the heels of I like the Mac addition. Um, yeah, I think that defense is going to be pretty mean. Yeah, I think they needed a – they already had a solid defense. They went out and upgraded it in probably the two areas they needed it most. Obviously, Bose is very good for them, but he's a guy that's had some trouble staying on the field, so they sure it up. Uh, granted, Khalil Mack has too, but you went out and got a second really good edge rusher. And now you went out and got the best corner on the market. I think that's a very good move for them. And I, it's 
it, it puts them right there with the rest of that division. Carson Wentz for two thirds and a seventh uh, goes to the Washington Commanders to lead that storied franchise into their new chapter. Love it, hate it, couldn't care less. I think this could, is the definition this is, of, this is definition the, of a couldn't care less. Yeah, this is this is the the most couldn't care less I think I've ever yeah. seen. Uh, whatever, he'll he'll probably be better than Taylor Heineke. Okay. That's something. Um, Chicago Bears, Larry Ogunjobi on the defensive side of the ball, three years, 40 and a half for some interior help. Uh, Nicholas Morrow or Moreau uh, mm-hmm. agree to a one-year deal at linebacker. Everybody says we're going to love him. Uh, Patrick Scales re-signed on a one-year, $1.27 million deal. Lucas Patrick uh, added to some offensive line depth, two-year, $8 million contract, year one guaranteed. I, I like the Bears' move so far. Uh, you like that? You like the approach? I mean, I still think they need to do some. More, I have no man. problem with it. Yeah, I do too. But Poles came out and said it. Like Poles was very transparent about his approach in these situations. He goes, "Everybody overpays the first week in free agency. Mm-hmm. We want we want the second cycle, third cycle guys." Which and I think when you're having to build out a team is the approach you got to take. It is, and we talked about it. How you know there are obviously stars at every position, but how do you get to the next? You know, how do you win those championships? How do you get yourself into the elite? You have the quarterback, you protect the quarterback, you get to the quarterback. Everywhere yeah. else, unless it's like your homegrown guy that's been really good or it's like a legit Larry Fitzgerald and his prime type guy, that second wave of guys where you don't have to sign people to funny money bad contracts can still get you where you need to be, especially yeah. when you're not in a position to win this year. There's no point in paying the guy, you know, paying a bona fide star that could get you over the hump when you're not ready to get over the hump. So I like what I'm, they're doing. Uh, I like all three signings. I, I think I'm excited to see what they do over the next like 72 hours. Hopefully we, yeah. Um, hopefully it, we start looking at a wide receiver. Hopefully we. Start I'm really interested to see what Allen Robinson's going to do. I like, don't think I don't think there's a market, which is why I would. I, I, if I were Ryan Poles, I'd come back to him and and see if he wants to run it back because his yeah. Allen Robinson's problem was not with the Bears, you know organization yeah, or the, the, the locker room. It was, it was with, with the, the offense. I forgot what, where I saw it. I think it might've been on Twitter, but somebody had like a breakdown of Allen Robinson's route tree last year. And it was just depressingly repetitive and bad because yeah. of the play calling. Try and run it back with him. Give him, you have some money to see if he wants to do something on, you know, two years where you maybe overpay him a little bit because you have that flexibility for the next two years. You're in a position to do that. I would not be opposed to bringing him back because I think that receiver room with Darnell Mooney, hopefully taking another step forward next year, I think could be a, a pretty good one for a young quarterback. And Justin, uh, we touched upon the Aaron Rodgers deal, 150 million full details come out 101 fully guaranteed. Uh, I mean, they, they positioned it as a team friendly deal here in year one, but really just kicked the can to next year when they're going to start having real cap issues. I don't know if that like Devonte Adams, it doesn't really, I, I can't, build the deal that makes sense and aligns with Rodgers and doesn't completely handcuff them. You know, mm-hmm. I, I just, I can't see it. So I love the Rodgers deal because it's created issues already and they had to get rid of Zendarian Smith because you yeah. can only pay so many guys on the defensive side of the ball. So I think, I think I love that deal. Yeah. It was um, interesting that like, cause both of us were pretty certain last week that, you know, this is just a thing that they're going to get Devante figured out. And, you know, when, when this deal was official, Devante will be not long after. Devontae got tagged, and there's not whispers of they're close on a deal or anything. Like That doesn't seem like that's – now, will they get there? Probably at some yeah. point. But that doesn't seem like it was the – what it looks like. Yeah, that wasn't like the 
home run we thought it was going to be of once Aaron signs, it's going to be paired with a Devante just signed this great extension because he wants to take care of his boy. That, that doesn't seem done yet. Uh, that's an interesting, uh, interesting dynamic. Take a look at truly game changing uh, deals here. Kirk cousins, one year, fully guaranteed. Love it. Love it. The guy just knows how to make money. The guy, his agent is a miracle worker. He They're really like, yeah, no, we're not talking until it's fully guaranteed. How high can you go for one year fully guaranteed? Just keep doing it. Million. I love that. Yeah. I love that yeah. for him, for the Bears, for his agent. It's yeah. great. I love it. It's good stuff. Uh, NFC South, we go to Atlanta, who's trying to get a, a deal done here with um, – with their new potential franchise quarterback in Deshaun Watson. We'll see Carolina Panthers. I mean, down to Foreman, nothing really there. No. Uh, everybody just kind of sitting around in the South and, and waiting to see what happens with the quarterback. Um, it, NFC West, Zach Ertz got paid late in, little late, in, little late in the game. Yeah, that's what 31 I million. I kind of saw that. Uh, I was, like, me, that, so I don't, was it 31 guaranteed or was it three years 31? Uh, 17 guaranteed. So okay. not I don't know a, how it's a two year deal. Pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Um, Rams, Joe Noteboom resigned on a three year, $40 million deal. Probably going to move him to the left side unless they make a big splash to fill in for the retirement of Andrew Whitworth. They also mm-hmm. got a center to resign there. Brian Allen, uh, San Francisco, notably inactive. Um, mm-hmm. The market for Jimmy Garoppolo shrinking by the day. I don't know what they're going to get for him. I don't know that they're going to get anything for him. And he's got a huge cap number coming up here when it goes, I think, March 5th. Or excuse me, May 5th. When does league year officially start? I don't know. Whenever, don't know the whenever they go. they got to make a deal here in the next few weeks or they have to cut him. Because... Um, yeah, I think everybody's just going to wait them out to cut him. He's gonna have the he's gonna have I believe the seventh biggest cap hit in football next year. And if your if your backup quarterback has the seventh biggest cap hit in football, then you're not you're not gonna go very far because your your team's not gonna be very good because your roster's not gonna be very deep. And I still I still think he's I still think he's oh, perfect. I still think he should be the starting quarterback in San Francisco, but that would take so much humility to say yep. we wasted two first round picks and a whole boatload of other picks on a guy who. Is a is a Jordan Love type, and, and we're just going to have to sit and wait. I'm not saying that Jimmy is Aaron Rodgers, but you can see the parallel in the situations there. Oh, I uh, totally Seattle, agree. Yeah. Seattle, very active in moving Russ. Uh, they also say goodbye to the to the cornerstone of the Legion of Boom. They bring in Drew Locke. They signed Will Disley on a three year, twenty four million dollars after getting Noah Fant via that trade. So I don't know what they're doing. Um, I guess I don't have a, a like it, love it, hate it. Yeah, there's for nothing you there in for this, me in this yeah. room. How about uh, how about we flip the script here? You take me through a couple baseball ones before we say goodbye. Chris Bryant, I think that's the the big one that jumps out. It's- love it for love it for KB. That's another make your make your paper boo boo situation. There um, didn't see that market for him anywhere. Uh, he gets to go play half a season a mile high and. With that uppercut swing, probably going to see a, a boom-bust type player um, that's going to go through some home run hot streaks and that's going to slump big time. But, like, always rooted for KB. I guess when you have that MVP on your resume, um, you can convince teams that that guy still exists, even if that guy doesn't. Um, so I love it for KB. I, I couldn't care less about or for the Rockies. So I think I fall somewhere between those two. 
I think that's perfect for just Stupid about deal. everybody. Stupid deal. It's perfect for Chris Bryant because Chris Bryant – don't get me wrong. I think Chris Bryant loved his time with the Cubs. I think he's happy he got his World Series MVP. I don't think he loved the scrutiny, the attention. I, I don't think that was for him. I think him going to a laid-back city like Denver where he's going to get every bit of the money that he wanted uh, is not going to be weed? You know, under the spot. Are you referring spot. to weed, Matt? No, I, I, money. I said money, Joe. <laughs> said laid-back city. A laid-back city like Denver. Is Denver not a laid-back city? Just That's reading, what I thought. Just reading, just reading between the lines there. Just reading between the lines. Joe bringing so, drugs into the podcast. I don't know if it's – I think this they is took a it off fam, the substance list. This is a family they, they took podcast. They took it off the banned substance list in the NBA. I don't know this if it's – This is a know. family podcast. I think it's perfect. both Eastern and Western medicine at his fingertips. I think, I think it's a perfect <laughs> fit for him. Um, he got his no trade clause, so he's probably not going anywhere until maybe the end of that contract, unless he really wants to. Good for him. Uh, let's yeah, stick yeah, with the former checks, man. Let's stick with the, the former Cubs here because I love seeing all these former okay. Cubs get paid elsewhere. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, four years, seventy nine million with the Phillies. Um, I love it again for the player. I love it for it, it might be a little bit too much cash, but. It's Major League Baseball. If your owner has it, pay the guy the money to get him there. Mm-hmm. I like I like the idea of Kyle Schwarber. And the idea of Kyle Schwarber has been perfect everywhere he's gone. North side of Chicago, banging balls onto the street while people are getting Philly's blasted. Philly's going to love him. Just just as Boston did. Yep. Goes to Boston, beats him around the pole, beats him around pesky pole, freaking – immediately beloved by that fan base. He is a Philly guy. He's gone to three of the best sports cities. Say what he you really want has. about Chicago, Boston, and Philly, but they're great sports the type towns. of great sports towns. He is the type of guy that fits those bills. Mm-hmm. He is a salt of the earth, built like a fire hydrant, immediately going to resonate with the fan base. I love it. Yeah, good for him. Happy for him. Um, let's see. You want to stick? Let's stick with the former Cubs. Anthony Rizzo resigns in New York. I think it's like two years, thirty something. I don't have it right in front of me. Yeah, uh, I, I love this on both sides. I, I like the deal. The numbers for the Yankees doesn't necessarily tie them to a player that's on the back end of his prime. Let's call it, but. It's exactly what that clubhouse needs. You saw it immediately when he was injected into that team, and then you saw it when he got hurt and went away. The the ebbs and flows of the second half or final third of the season last year for the Yankees were directly related to Anthony Rizzo's availability and his play. I think mm-hmm. that he elevates that team in so many ways, even beyond just his production on the field. He elevates every clubhouse. they needed to do. Exactly. I think it was exactly what the Yankees needed. I think it was exactly what they needed to do, and they got it at a good number. Also, I get to go watch Anthony Rizzo whenever I want because I'm 35 minutes from the Bronx. So there you uh, go. very much looking forward to supporting our guy. Uh, stick in the AL East. Um, Matt Chapman going to the Blue Jays in a trade from Oakland. His kind of the number two to Matt, to Olsen um, in Oakland was the number two to uh, Olsen in Oakland. And then Yusei Kikuchi signing a big deal with the Blue Jays. They lose Marcus Simeon. They lose some pieces, and they're, they're trying to reload. What do you think of those moves? I think they got better. You know, they, they took a – I agree. They, they took a XA on a flyer last year who had a great season, but, like, can you trust that that's – can you trust that Marcus Simeon's going to do that for the no. next three years? I don't think so. Can you trust that Matt Chapman's going to win a gold glove and maybe a platinum glove every year at third base? Yeah, like he's he's that dude. Like if you go he look at his fielding, too. 
if you go look at his fielding statistics, and yes, he's great at the plate as well. I, I just think that you just got the best, maybe second best behind Nolan Arenado, third baseman in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really think that highly of Matt Chapman. He's fantastic, and this is a young, talented Blue Jays team that just got more young talent because he's how old's Matt Chapman? Twenty six at the oldest. 25? I think yeah, he's young. I think he's twenty seven. I think I think I thought yeah. him and Olson were the same age, right around there. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, apologies to the A's fans who it aren't sucks sure for them. Have, they're, they're, they were supposed to be a contender last year, and now they're they're just trading everybody. That sucks. And this is what they do, and it's so stupid because it's going to. At the end of the day, it's eventually going to cost Oakland not a season, not a game. It's going to cost them their baseball team. It's going to cost them their baseball team because they can't come to a deal on the new ballpark. Apparently, it being publicly funded or where they want to put it at Howard Terminal, this, that, and the other. And now they're selling off all the talent or any reason to come to the ballpark that they once had. Uh, if you're that, and now I don't know, shame. I don't know what it's like to own a baseball team, obviously. But if you're that opposed to spending money, and you're that like I don't know, I blanking on the the name of the Oakland owner. I've seen his name on Twitter a bunch. I I just can't remember off the top of my head. But like, if you have that much money and you're that opposed to spending money and putting a good product on the field, why not just sell the team? If you care about money that much, you can sell the Oakland A's for an insane amount of hundreds of millions of dollars. I don't know if the A's are getting a billion dollars, but like just sell them and get yourself $900 million if you're that worried about money. It's, it's, I I feel bad for them because they're a good franchise with, or they're, they're, a good fan base, I should say. They're not a good franchise because their owner doesn't let them be. Uh, speaking of speaking of going a little bit going a little bit left here. Speaking of um, selling teams, are, are you hearing anything around the city? Any scuttlebutt? Any any static about the Bears potentially being for sale? No, there was some whisper that like Virginia wasn't doing well, and that the yeah, but not the only ownership that, that group like, was in turmoil. Yeah, because apparently Virginia wasn't doing well, and the rumor is that the kids aren't happy with their piece. Like that, like that the will the will doesn't look like what they want it to look like. So they're all ready to sell the team. Cool, do it. Yeah, um, uh, I have not heard that. Um, cool, but, do it. <laughs> cool, let's do it. That's my that's my official response to it. That was um, that was what Pat McAfee had the other day. Um, but, oh, so I don't you know, know where Pat that McAfee's, was sourced from. Pat McAfee doesn't hide it. He, he, yeah. he doesn't he doesn't make things up. He he at least heard that from somewhere. Um, I will before we get out of here. How do you like how the White Sox have spent their money? Spent the, distributed around who they brought in. Uh, we have not talked since the the Joe Kelly pickup and the Josh Harrison. Yeah, like, so White I, Sox. I love I love a bullpen getting better. I think again on paper we have probably the best bullpen in baseball, maybe second best bullpen in baseball. Um, it, I, I think we still have some questions to answer in right field, second base. Um, is Trevor Story still something that we're interested in? Mm-hmm. Like, would he play second base? So I I love the team. I love the team as constructed right now. I think I think you can win a championship with the team you have constructed right now. Maybe another arm, maybe another starting arm. But I, I, like, has there been any talk about Kopech moving into the rotation? Like, yeah, that, that is that. So, that like, I think, I, I think that I think that there's a lot of I think there's a lot to work off of with what the White Sox have right now. I don't need them to make the big splash signing. I don't need Trevor Story to be a White Sox, but like. Would I enjoy that? Would that be fun? Would that be uh, another indicator that this entire organization is all in on hoisting a World Series trophy this year? Yeah, I'd love that. But 
I like who we are right now. I like that they are looking to add pieces. They're not just like turned off to the market, but mm-hmm. they're also not like knee jerk reacting to some of these big signings. I, I'm, I like the team right now. I like the additions they've made. I just don't like how, like the Dodgers, don't get me wrong, then the White Sox will never be the Dodgers in terms of spending. I'm not sure anybody will be outside of maybe the Mets. But like the White Sox are very content. It seems like they're very content with their right field situation with a platoon of Vaughn and Sheets, and that's fine. And I think those guys are going to be pretty darn good major leaguers. I think Andrew Vaughn has a chance to be a really good one. And yes, I believe that you have to get those guys reps and, and bats and all that. But like, there's still guys out there that for sure make your team better. Like Kyle Schwarber was one of them. Michael Conforto, probably one of them. Like they, yeah. there are those guys that, and I'm not saying it won't work because I do think right now as the White Sox is presently constructed can win a World Series. But there are teams that are making moves like the Blue Jays to give themselves a better chance who may have just jumped the White Sox. The, the Dodgers mm-hmm. absolutely should be the favorites now. Like there are those guys, those moves out there that can – bump you back up. And I'm not saying I want you to get into a full on arms race. Cause they're going to lose that to some of these owners who like to spend more money. But like there's some moves out there to be made that get you to where you need to go. And it, just, it doesn't seem like the, like the white Sox are only willing to make those moves. If the value is right, if the deal is right, I want them one time to just say, you know what, we're overpaying for this guy, but this guy makes us the best team in baseball. We're going to go get him. They just don't do that. Now, I love the bullpen. I think the bullpen is the best in baseball. I think they need a starter. They're rumored to be going after uh, in the mix for Sean Manaya and Frankie Montas. Probably not both, but either or uh, from Oakland. I love that. I think they really need to add a starter. But, like, there's these guys out there. Chris Bryant, okay, I would not have paid him 7 over 180, whatever it was. But, like, mm-hmm. there's guys out there that make this team significantly better. And while I like the moves that they made, I can't knock any of them. There's still there's still those over-the-hump type moves that I don't think they've made yet that they're more willing to roll the dice on their own guys. Maybe it's a trade deadline thing. I, I don't know. Um, but there's guys out there, and it just doesn't seem like they want to make the moves. I hear you. Um, I'm not I, mad. I'm not upset. I'm not overly thrilled. I'm like, all right, fine. But like, I, I, I'm just, there's a little bit more I want to see out of I feel you. You got anything else? Any other, I any don't. loves, any hates? No? I don't think so. Um, well, the Twins the are work is always being weird. They're trading and then adding and then trades. They're, they're a fun team to watch right now. Uh, I don't know. Let's go win some. Let's go win some money betting on college basketball. Let's do it. How about that? Let's do it. I think uh, I think that is the appropriate way to sign off here on the Moose and Runes podcast, episode two forty five. There you it go. It's funny remembering. I love how you remember it always at the start now because you have it written down. I love when you have. Yeah, the and then when I try, still do. I don't have it in front of me right now. So you know, it was a it was a real touch and go situation there for a moment. But we will leave you with that on episode two forty five. We hope it is a fruitful and a, uh, a, a a March Madness that finds you in the green uh, throughout. So go make yourself some money. Wager wisely, balls. but for now, you and I are both on the balls. I'm Joe Musso. Let's go Vols. May God give you for every storm a rainbow, for every tear a smile, for every care a promise, and a blessing in each trial. I swear I've seen a lot of stuff in my life, but that was... Awesome! Chicken on the steak was phenomenal.